Um, no, this is a message called Warranted Weakness. Warranted Weakness. Um, and if you want to, you can start turning to Hebrews chapter 4. And um, then we'll, we'll get cranking. Hebrews chapter 4. What do you mean, what? I said it three times already. Oh, I got to edit that out now. Uh, start over. I'm going to just start over. <laughs> Super funny. Not. All right. But I want to talk about the reality of weakness tonight. Okay. And I think sometimes this is a, a hard topic to grasp. And I, um, and what I mean by that, like if, if I'm truly being honest, you know, just me, myself, I, I like having solutions to things. And I like, especially me as like a, as a, as a man. Okay. I, I, Cause that's all I can speak to. Don't get offended. I'm not saying that you guys don't. Okay. But what I am saying is just me as a man, like I, I have a hard time admitting that I'm lacking and weak in an area especially when I provide for my family and, and all these kinds of different things. Like I have a hard time admitting it. Obviously you can tell right now that I'm even having a hard time communicating it. And like, I don't like admitting that I'm weak. I don't like admitting that I'm lacking or that I, that I'm not the man that I want to be. Right. And I think a lot of us feel that same way of like, man, I, I want to be dependent on. I don't want to be dependent. Does that make sense? I really love when Miller needs something from me. It, it does something to me, right? <laughs> Probably a little bit of a control freak. <laughs> Working on it, right? But there, there's a little bit of that in there. But I love when my, my son needs something or Madison can't open a jar, you know, you know? I love being that guy and saying, hey, I've got salsa. You know, I can, I can do it. And I make her know that I, I opened it and she couldn't, you know, because that's the kind of guy that I am. And that's why we have such a great marriage, right? And <laughs> you guys are like, do you? No, nah, we do. So far, so good. Yeah, we made it this far. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, uh, I don't know. It's just a hard thing to admit of that I'm weak that I'm lacking something, that I need someone else to fulfill something in my life, right? And I think that's the whole shortcoming of the entire religion of Christianity, right? Is all of us have a hard time admitting that, oh, there's a higher being that I have to depend on now. And I can't just make it my own way. Because if I were being really honest, and you know, take this for what it's worth, if I were being really, really honest, as a man who's got an established career, I could pretty much coast through the rest of my life. Okay? Would it suck without the Lord? Yes, it would. Would it be as fulfilling without the Lord? No, it wouldn't, right? I, I, I could leave this whole pastoral thing behind, and I could, you know, do my career, right? And I could do that, right? Just like a lot of people do, right? Are you hearing me? But... The fact of the matter is, is that, frankly, we know a better way. Whether we want to walk in that in fullness or not, we know a better way. 
we know that dependency is actually a good thing. Yes? Do you know that today? <laughs> right? I mean, like dependency is a good thing when it comes to Christianity, when it comes to our faith, when it comes to our relationship with the Lord. It's a very, very good thing. Like, and I should celebrate it. Yes? But why do we have such a hard time doing that? That's the thing I want to tackle tonight, of why. And maybe sometimes that weakness is actually the best thing that can happen to us. Yeah? You guys ever tried to do something with the wrong tool? Yeah, pretty much, you know, like a lot of us do. Like, here's a silly example, okay? But just to make my point. What if you used a, uh, to grade some cheese, right? You had, a, you had a block of cheese that you needed to get graded. You didn't have a cheese grater. So you remember those things in like pottery class where you'd have the stick and then it had like the hoop on it, right? How long would it take you to freaking gra grade a block of cheese with that, right? That would, and imagine how much cheese would cost at the grocery store if that were the only method, right? Sometimes we as Christians, use the wrong tool when we're trying to, how do I say this better? Man, like there's a side that you can only get a task. I mean, I could get, I could grade that cheese. I could with that little hoop thing. I could do it. Would it be as consistent? No, it wouldn't, but I could do it. I could nail that and I could, I could knock it out. Right. But it, I couldn't do it as well or as efficient as I, as I could using a cheese grater. Yes? Does this make sense? Okay. And I, again, I know that's a silly example, but I think that's sometimes how we deal with our weakness when it comes to the Lord. Is I have a method to get through this life, and it's called my will, <laughs> right? But it, his, I know this is so silly, but his is the cheese grater. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt, right? His is the cheese grater, and it actually, it's more efficient, and it gets the job done better. Does that make sense? Right? I, again, I can, I can use my will, my giftings, my talents all day long to really, really do something. What I could call great, even. Yes? I could. <laughs> right? Pretty proud of what I do. Right? But his method is way more efficient and way more effective, okay? And that's me saying, okay, I might think my will is, a, is the right tool, but it's actually not. Yes? And how do I, as a man, as a Christian, you know, how do you, I don't know, depend on him more to get the job done properly and more efficiently? And more, and more effectively. And I think it's us acknowledging our weakness. Right? That's what they, they always say is the first step of uh, solving a problem is acknowledging that you have a problem. Right? And I think that's our first step is, hey, I am weak. <laughs> right? I am weak. I mean, look at me. I'm just, no, just joking. Like, I am weak. I am, I am a small, small man. Right? I have to be completely dependent on the Lord to do anything well and effective. Are you hearing me? Does this make sense so far? Okay. 
sometimes we see our see our shortcomings and then force ourselves to overcome it or we go to the opposite extreme and shy away from those things at large in our lives period right those are usually the two the two things and what i want to invite you into is understanding our weakness is actually acknowledging where the where we need the lord more in our life where i'm weak in an area means that i need more of the lord in that area yes and write this down if you're taking notes. If you're not taking notes, you start. You should. Start today. It's a good practice. You guys, come on. Like, I don't know. You took notes during science class, but you. Uh, Wyatt, that's not a good example. <laughs> yes. If the, the good example. It's like, yeah, okay. I took notes. Duh. Okay. Dude. <laughs> no, don't leave. Don't leave. Don't leave. Just, it's so funny. I got the giggle so bad when you just started blowing your nose while, I'm, like, singing from the inside out, and this dude's just like, <laughs> yeah, from the inside out, baby. He's doing it right now. All right. If dependency is the goal, then weakness is to my advantage. <laughs> if dependency is the goal, then weakness is to my advantage. Like, well, wait. <laughs> I know, culture says everything opposite of what I'm about to share tonight. And we'll talk about that in a little. If dependency is the goal, then weakness is to my advantage. In Hebrews 4.15, it reads, uh, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. I'm going to read it one more time, just for the sake of emphasis, because that's what pastors do, yeah? Okay. For we do not have a high, a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet did it sinless. Oh, isn't that good? That's, that's like lemonade on a hot summer day, you know? Like, that's good. So I looked into, and we'll kind of bounce between a couple of different passages. Stay in Hebrews 4, four okay? Um, but that word sympathize, your translation might say empathize. Yeah? Okay? Sympathize. And I actually did a little word study just so I didn't mess this up, but it actually means to co-suffer. To actually co-suffer. To go through something together with another. And Jesus has suffered and is suffering with you in your moment. Right now. He has suffered and is with you in this moment. And the fascinating thing is that he did this all sinlessly. Hence why he's Jesus. Hence why he's our topic always when we're in church, right? He did it sinlessly. And frankly, as I was thinking through that of like, I don't know, sometimes I just am like, oh, it's Jesus, of course. <laughs> Duh. He's sinless. Duh. I don't even think about it anymore, right? 
right? I'm so almost numb to even just the, uh, the acknowledgement of who he is, yes? But just on that fact, like I should have such confidence, right? I should have such a confidence when I am saying, hey, here's my weaknesses. I'm going to hand these to you. And what is he going to do with them? He's going to enhance them. Like enhance them? Well, no, he's not going to make you more weak. What he's going to do is he's going to make you strong. Are you hearing me? And we'll talk about that in a second. But I should have such a confidence to bring my shortcomings, to bring my weaknesses to him because he's already overcome them. Are you hearing me? He was tempted in every single way that you've been tempted. Way, probably way more, dude. Think of how famous Jesus was. I bet everybody wanted a piece of Jesus, right? Everyone. Like, and there was probably so many temptations in that of, hey, could you sponsor my product from the, pul pul from the pulpit, right? We see that in our culture today, right? Could you wear this for my clothing store? We see that today, right? And I know these are silly examples, but he's overcome every single shortcoming and temptation and weakness that we could ever experience. Yes? So does, I hope what that brings is a confidence to you of that, yeah, it, I, I can't do it. So yeah, maybe that's frustrating. But you can do it with him, which is way more fulfilling, way more comforting in my mind. Right? Especially a guy who spends hours and hours and hours of research before he buys a product. Right? I'm that freak. I just bought a winch recently for my truck. And I, you, you would have laughed about how many freaking articles I read and, uh, and this and that. And just, I, I do this anytime. Like when we bought our couch, I was like, is that actually a good company? All this, right? I do so much. And, you know, it's, I, I, that's probably a weakness because I'm so <laughs> indecisive. But, <laughs> right? But at the end of the day, like, he sees that, he comes alongside it, and he enhances it. He actually co-suffers in it. Are you hearing me? Does this make sense? Does it bring you a confidence? It should bring you a great hope, too. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, we have the perfect one with us who has done it before in perfection. We have the perfect one with us who's, all, who's done it before and he did it perfectly. I think that's beautiful. And because of that, I can, as it says, let me go back to it. And I'm going to read verse 16 now. Let us then with confidence, are you hearing me? Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and grace to help in the time of need. And you're like, ah, I can take a deep breath then. So I can come in confidence to the throne of grace. And I think that is beautiful. I mean, when Jesus was raised from the dead, he came back fleshy. Yes, he died fleshy and he came back fleshy. Yes, he had flesh and bone, right? On both, on both sides of the grave, okay? 
again, this should bring us great, great hope, right? Because I'm, I'm sorry, but when you die, what you're, what's probably going to happen here on earth is that you're not going to come back here as another flesh and bone kind of person. Are you hearing me? But because, what? Thank you. But because of his resurrection and what he portrayed is that he has authority over flesh and bone. And what do we, what do we wrestle most, you know, in your internal world, what do you wrestle most with? Not your deepest, darkest sin, but yourself, your selfish nature, your pride, right? Your flesh, if you will. It's the thing that we wrestle with the most. It's our weakest part of our body. Yes? Are you with me? So when he walked this planet for 30, 33 years, whatever it was, and then was crucified, and then he was resurrected, he came back. Ooh. It came back as like the same <laughs> as like the same thing as as flesh and bone, which means again I have a great confidence because he overcame that too. Are you hearing me? And again, I know. Oh, Alex, I've heard this before, but like, have you stopped and thought about it? Like he came back and was able to be touched, able to be seen, and scarred. Like, that's mind-blowing to me. That's crazy to me. Maybe just me. When we are weak, it's an earthly problem, right? It's a flesh and bone problem. And think of this. The Lord thought of it all. He died as flesh, and he also came back as flesh, proving his strength and might over the flesh and bone time stamp. So again, great, great confidence that comes alongside of saying, I acknowledge that I'm weak, but he's the strong one, so therefore we're good, right? And it's not like I bring him down, right? It's not like a group project where you're with David and then you're dealing with someone like me, right? And it's like I, I, I make him come down to my level. It's literally I just jump on his bandwagon, right? And I get to ride that and say, Lord, I'm acknowledging my weakness and I'm not going to just sit on your coattails and watch you walk in whatever is going to happen, but I'm going to co-labor with you and I'm going to partner with you and embrace my weakness, embrace my shortcoming so that I can be used on a deeper level, right? There's, there's things in my life that I have no business doing, right? One is singing. I have zero business doing that. That was actually, actually a gift from the Lord. I couldn't sing until he said, hey, you get to sing. I had no voice, right? Even preaching, right? You should have heard my first message. Joe, dude, I couldn't even communicate what the love of the Lord was, right? Obviously, that's a big topic, but like I couldn't tell you, like, oh, it's kind of like the way you feel about your dad or your cat. I, I, I couldn't even do that. Right? But the Lord said, no, I, I, I'm giving you a voice. Again, are you, are you getting what I'm talking about? Right? So, like, you don't just, <laughs> I, I just want to add this emphasis to, to how, how much have he thought of. Because we have a timestamp. All of us have a timestamp here. Right? We don't know when it is, right? 
but we all have a timestamp. And we're all saying, well, I'm weak, so I'll either just will myself into that area or I shy away from it. What the Lord is saying is, hey, I want to help you in it so that it's excellent. Isn't that cool? He's worth depending on, is I guess what I'm trying to say. He's really, really worth depending on because he's already conquered it all. He's already take care, taken care of it all. He's already overcome flesh. He's already overcome the temptations, right? I mean, if you just put yourself in the temptation of Jesus story in Luke 4, I mean, which one are you falling into, right? I mean, come on, like, you're like, no, none of them. Well, come on. All of you want the platform. <laughs> All of you want this. All of you want something. All of you want to be taken seriously by humans, right? Come on. I know. Stop it, Lex. Well, <laughs> come on. Like, I, I get it. <laughs> All of us want one of those things. Guess what? Jesus said, no, I want everybody to be pointed to my father. Right? Are you getting me? <sighs> okay, I lied. Go to Second Corinthians. Uh, Twelve. What verse do I want? Seven? Yeah. Yeah. Seven through ten. Everybody there? <laughs> this is Paul talking. Okay? And I'll talk about, I'll, I'm going to riff on this for a little bit. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh and a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from being conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, listen this, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weakness or of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon, rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I'm content with weak, weakness insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Obviously, just like anything in Scripture, there's a ton of common commentaries and opinions on this passage, right? Um, and I, I, especially on the thorn in Paul, you know, the, the thorn in his flesh, 
Um, and here's, here's my opinion based on my study and for the sake of this message. Um, though we don't obviously explicitly know what the thorn was, I believe that it was some sort of physical ailment. Okay? That's what I believe. It was some kind of physical ailment that essentially tormented Paul. It was just miserable for him. Some people say it was uh, some, a vision thing, epilepsy, something else, right? Uh, so it just absolutely tormented him. But whatever his shortcoming was, uh, it was, ah, sorry, whatever it was, it was a shortcoming to Paul, not to his ministry. Are you seeing the difference? You're like, well, hold on. Oh, yeah. You can, you can have shortcomings all day long as Lex, right? I have plenty of shortcomings, me, myself, outside of the Lord. I have a lot of shortcomings, right? I know it's hard to believe, but I have a lot of shortcomings. But in when it comes to ministry and when it comes to partnering with the Lord, I should have zero. And what I said was I should have, right? I still have a will. I still have my own opinions. And I'm still stubborn, right? But what I'm talking about is Paul has his own shortcomings. And I can say, oh, man, I just, I can't shake this, right? My, I just can't see as well. I, I have this. And I, I can use these things as, ex, as excuses to not partner with the Lord, right? Paul said, no, I'm weak. Therefore, I am strong. I'm weak. Therefore, I'm strong. I'm embracing my weakness. And again, as it says, Paul prayed for this thing to leave multiple times. And this messes with, messes with everybody's healing theology here, right? Like, well, I know. <laughs> what? It does. It messes with everybody's. And it's good. I think it should. Because the Lord didn't take it away. He didn't. He said, no, my grace is sufficient. Right? Man, so a lot of us would be so pissed if we heard that back from the Lord. Like, don't you see how jacked up I am, Lord? And then he just says, well, my grace is sufficient. Right? Oh, it's just beautiful. Whew. It's almost like, I don't know. It's almost like I see you. Or as I heard earlier, right? You're worth my time. I take you seriously. Oh, isn't that beautiful? But it never lifted. And Paul knew why. And it frankly said it's because, one, the Lord refused to lift it, for lack of a better term. And he believed that so do I. It was to keep Paul humble. Not getting too boastful, right? And if you know Paul's story, he wrestles with this, <laughs> right? It was to keep him humble. To keep me from exalting myself, as the NASB puts it. And I'm not saying the Lord gave the, the thorn in his side. That's not what, it, I, that's not what I'm saying, because that would be a weird, twisted dad, right? But he says that, the, that Satan's messenger torments him with it. Yes? The thorn was a weakness of Paul's, but it kept him humbled and dedicated to constant contact with the Lord. Um, I am. Um, 
We can't compare those two different covenants. Okay? We have to be careful when we do that. Okay? And we can talk about it later. Let me get through this. You're good. Okay, so it kept him humble, dedicated to constant communion, contact with the Lord. Yes? All of us should have a thorn in our side. Like, well, what? <laughs> yeah, you should. It's a good thing. We should celebrate it. Not to go out and seek it, but we should celebrate that, hey, I have a shortcoming. And I need the, I'm banking on the Lord to come through based on my shortcoming. Yes? Are you hearing me? Instead, we just, I feel like so often we're just like, I've got a shortcoming. I'm going to just go sit in the puddle of my tears over here. I get sad sometimes. Okay, why don't you just sit in your tears then and just never be used by the Lord? No, buck up, buttercup, let's go, right? No, it's time to say, hey, no, the Lord sees my weakness, acknowledges my weakness, grabs me by the face and says, I see you. Now let's get to work. Isn't that beautiful? Right? Isn't that beautiful? That is the, that's the epitome of a father's heart. And think of it, because of Paul's weakness, everyone around him benefited. You're like, wow, that's weird. Well, no, it's really cool. We benefit from Paul's weakness. From him pressing into the Lord, despite that weakness. We benefit from it. We have this passage to prove it. And again, although God didn't remove the weakness, he promised to demonstrate his power through Paul, a willing and dependent vessel. I hope, us as a community, our cry is, I want to be used by the Lord more. Right? I hope that's our cry. Okay? You don't need to shake your head or nod your head or whatever it is. Right? But that's my hope, is as a community, that we want to partner with the Lord more. Not only just here, but outside at our workplaces, with our families, this, that, the other, right? I want to partner with the Lord more. And the only way to do it, I believe, is to say, Lord, I am weak, but you are strong. I am weak, and you are sufficient. I am weak, and I know that you want to do great things through me. Yes? Again, the fact that God's power is displayed through weak people should give us such a hope and courage. It should. Your giftings and talents will only get you so far before you see that all you have done is proven yourself and not him. How many times have, I mean, I think of times in even just my ministry where I've just proven myself. I'll be honest with you. Like I just, there was times in my ministry where I just wanted to prove myself so that I could get the next thing, right? And guess what? That thing did not pan out very well as I thought it was going to, right? It ended up to me, <laughs> me being in ha having to deal with that, me being accountable to it, me having to stand in the muck of it. Instead of I've, I partnered with him in my weakness, man, what that could have done, Yeah. Our weakness not only helps us develop our Christian character, 
but it also deepens our worship slash communion with him because admitting our weakness, we affirm the Lord's strength. Admitting my weakness affirms the Lord's strength, acknowledges, essentially grabbing him by the face and saying, I see that you're strong. I see that you are powerful. I see what you carry, right? And again, this is not a message to be a victim, but actually the exact opposite. For when I'm weak, he is strong, Paul says, right? It's for me to say, I, I, yeah, I've got that thing, but I, I'm going to bring it to the Lord and he's going to use it. Right? That's the recipe. At the end of the day, I want the Lord to be proven through my life, not me. Right? Think of that. Oftentimes we feel like we've got to prove ourselves on Judgment Day. But the best way to prove, our, prove ourselves on Judgment Day is to prove him on Judgment Day. Did you catch that? Right? It's like, well, oh my gosh, it's just going to be a, a, a list of all my, you know. Sometimes your picture of Judgment Day is probably wrong. It's just a list of all my shortcomings and all my failures. Well, frick. Then maybe, because you know that list so well, <laughs> maybe you should take those things and say, Lord, look at them. How can I prove you through these? Right? And there's, there's a ton of people through Scripture. Moses had a stutter, but he was the one who delivered the Ten Commandments, right? <laughs> like, that's insane, dude. Like, there's shortcomings all over the place. And it's that question, can God really use me? Yes? That's the big question, right? Can God actually, does he actually want to use me? The answer, obviously, is yes. The only thing is, is you've got to be willing for him to use you. Yes? I'm sorry, you can't know the right people into ministry. You can, but uh, watch how miserable you'll be. Okay? You're like, well, prove, I'll prove you wrong. Like, go ahead. I'll talk to you in 10 years. You'll be like, man, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, because you're living in somebody else's shadow. Partner with the Lord. Partner with the Lord. He doesn't want to recreate ministries. He wants to establish new. Are you hearing me? Hello? I mean, it would be... It would be wonderful. I, I mean, I, I, I loved my house church, right? I talk about it often. I loved it. But it would be hilarious if I tried to do it again when it was outside the Lord. <laughs> right? Or saying, hey, so-and-so, you've got, you've got clout, so hey, come on, let's go start a ministry. No, that would be stupid. That would be a, a, literally a suicide mission. Okay? Do what the Lord is doing. For I am weak, but he is strong. Yes? All of you want to be on the right side of the dodgeball tournament, right? <laughs> yeah. Do you get it? You know whose team you want to be on or whose team you don't want to be on, right? Do you get it? Okay. But we've got culture kind of pushing back on this, right? We've got American culture pushing on this every single day. Saying no, you gotta you gotta prove yourself, right? I'm sure you're up against it right now, trying to figure out the school and the workplace. 
right? Prove yourself. See, show me that you're important. Otherwise, you've got no place here. Show me that you benefit my company. Prove yourself to me. Oh, you have shortcomings? I don't want to hear about them. I want to see how great you are, how much you can perform, how much you can do this, right? That's what it is. Like if you, a bunch of animals died <laughs> under your watch, be like, sorry, bye, right? There's a portion of, hey, prove yourself. That's what culture is yelling at you every single day, yes? And frankly, even when I was like growing up, going to youth groups, I heard these messages and I'd like talk to my friends about them who were not believers. And I'd be like, all right, so this is what's going on at church. And what do you guys think of this? I, I don't know why I did that, but I did it. Um, and my friends were always just like, what? You're such a puny, like, why are you, why do you feel like you need someone else to rely on? Isn't this whole life of being just a man, prove yourself and have gusto? That's what they say. Like, I get mocked for being a Christian because of being a weak man because I need something else, right? That was the narrative I was fed. And again, our culture just says, be strong, make your, make your own way, prove yourself. And kingdom says the exact opposite. Prove me. Show the world who I am as Jesus. It's better. It's not just because he needs this, he needs to hear his name more. <laughs> Because I think sometimes Christians just want to, oh, I, I just need to say his name more and then it'll work, right? No, what you need to do is uh, come alongside him and, and he's the one who proves, right? And that should be my goal is to prove him, to show him, right? At the end of the day, I don't care if you hate me. I want to make sure that you know Jesus through my life. You can hate Lex, but if he's bringing a message of Jesus, great, do it, right? You get it? Like, how do those work? Well, sometimes, sometimes people just can't stand people, right? Are you with me? Frankly, we just we barely have an a theology of suffering here in, in America, too. We don't have a theology of suffering. We don't know what it means to suffer, right? We don't know how to even approach the Lord in that kind of weakness. We're thinking of it of like, oh, that pot's too heavy, so, right? But like, we can't even like resonate with that because what we're trying to overcome is the prosperity gospel, right? That's the plague that took over America. That's the thing that we're trying to overcome in, in people's lenses of Christianity, right? Prosperity gospel is, look how great he's going to make you. Not how great you can make look, him look. Are you hearing me? I know, I'm, I'm towing the line. I get it. I'm not afraid of it. But like, that's all that message was, is look how great he'll, he'll make you. He'll make you a great nation. No, I want to make him a great nation. I want to make America a great nation for him. Right? I want to make the city of Centennial a great city for him. Not so that people know me, right? Are you getting me? Are you sure? 
I want Christ to be known, not me. I want to prove Christ, not use him to prove myself. Ah, that just like does something to me, right? Because I've done it before. Ah, it sucks, dude. Like, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that thing, you know? We take the blessed, you know, the Beatitudes way out of context. So like, eh, this is going to bless me. Well, no. Well, he's going to bless you because he, he, you bless him so much. You prove him so much. All of those are character things of Christianity. Meek, pure in heart, all of these things, yes? They're all character things that prove the work of Christ in me. So that he's seen, not me. Are you hearing me? We've turned platforms into pedestals and all of these different things. And it's just like, no, we've got to stop. We've got to, be, we've got to stop. We've got to prove him. We've got to reveal him as the lamb who was slain. Right? That's, oh man, just like if we could get, I almost want to start like another denomination called the John the Baptist denomination, you know? <laughs> like just the behold the lamb of God. He's here to come. Take away the sins of the, Lord, uh, sins of the wor uh, world, right? That's what we need to be doing. Yes? That was his whole message, dude. And I think so often we just ooh and awe at our weaknesses and it's like, oh man, look how big they are. <laughs> Instead of looking at him. Right? When you, th like, think of this. If you're snowboarding or if you're a skier, you know, think of it. Next time you're skiing or snowboarding, look to the right and watch which way you go. Yeah? Look to the left. Watch which way you go. Yes? That goes for pretty much everything. Driving? Yeah. That was my sister always struggled with that. Not me, dude. No, but think of it. Like, where you're looking is where you're going. If you're looking at your weakness, you're going to become your weakness, and you're going to define yourself by your weakness, and then, hey, here we are, Gen Z. You get it? I know we don't like to hear it, and I know. I'm, yeah, I am picking on you. But, like, come on. Look at what you're looking at. And you're like, why do I have this? Well, because it's what you're looking at. <laughs> yeah, if dependency is the goal, then weakness is to my advantage. Remember the story of Gideon? And I'll close with this story. Remember, the, remember Gideon? How many people did he start out with? A lot. Anybody know the exact number? More. 32. <laughs> 32,000 people, right? Lord says, hey, you're going to go take on the Midianites. How are the Midianites uh, described? Very scary, very big. As many as the locusts, <laughs> you know, something about locusts. There's like tons of them, right? Yeah, uh, you've, we've read this story. If you haven't read the story, it's in Judges 6 through 8. Okay, go read it. It's a fun one. 
Okay, so Lord comes and th there's this whole thing with a uh, wet rag and all that kind of stuff of like, hey, Lord, show me, show me, show me. Yeah, okay. And then wet, dry, wet. Yeah. And then he gets 32,000 people and says, all right, Lord, I trust you. We're going to war. I've got 32,000 people with me. Yeah? Yes? Okay. And then the Lord says, nah. <laughs> Go in front of all of them. Ask them if they're scared. If any of them are scared, tell them to leave. Okay? That's what the Lord did. So, oh, sorry, that's what Gideon did. Walked up, said, hey, guys, if you're scared about doing this, um, the Lord told me it's okay for you to go. How many went? 22,000. So then it went to 10,000. Right? Went to 10,000. And the Lord then said, this is obviously very Lex translation, okay? <laughs> then the Lord said, hey, still too many. We got too many people, right? It's not good. We got, we got to figure this out. We got to slim down our army. Now, Gideon was like, all right, what, what, what's next? He said, go tell the guys to go drink out of the river. <laughs> right? Versus well, however, whether they're dunking their head or if they're scooping. Right? The guys, I don't remember which one's which, just because I'm not prepared. The hand, the, the hand oh, okay, cool. So what then did it slim down to? 300. And the Lord said, perfect. Go to war. Right? Why did he do that? Show how powerful he was. Yes? That's great. Why did he actually do that? Okay. Yeah. How did the Lord greet Gideon the first time? You remember? He greeted Gideon as... Hey, warrior. Yeah. And Gideon was probably like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm definitely not that. <laughs> right? He's hiding. And the angel says, hey, warrior. Are you hearing me? Hey, warrior. Gideon was defining himself as what? His weakness. And the Lord slimmed down the army to such an extent, yes, to show his power, but also to say, hey, you're going to boast if it's any more than this. Kind of like this Paul kind of feel, right? They needed a thorn. They needed a weakness. They needed to be lacking so that he could be strong. Are you hearing me? Like, I feel... Like this should bring you such a hope, such a confidence, such a courage to, I mean, weaknesses are warranted. All of us have them. Every single one of us have a weakness, right? Whether it's Zach's beautiful eyes. <laughs> I'm just joking. I love him. I love him. Or Hunter's... Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just making sure you guys are still listening, right? We all have weaknesses. We all have shortcomings. We all are stuck in some kind of mentality of this is who I think I am, and this is the way I can only operate, right? Ah, oh, man, like 
I remember when I was job hunting, <laughs> like the way I thought of myself, I was like, frick, I shouldn't have any of these jobs. I suck. <laughs> you get it? If, if we just stay in the way we feel about ourselves and the way we think about ourselves and in our sins and our shortcomings and in our weaknesses, we will stay there the rest of our lives and it'll suck. Nobody's on that sign-up sheet. And if you are, you suck. Stop sucking. You need to say, hey, I, I want to be with him who, who proves himself so that I can be strong, because so, he is strong, so that we can do great things for the sake of the kingdom. Are you hearing me? Instead of wallowing, Let's call out the quote-unquote warrior in us, right? And it doesn't have to be like, right? It doesn't have to be Sparta or anything like that. It could just be doing, hey, I'm not, uh, Lord, I acknowledge that I'm not great with my finances. I need your help. It could be that simple. Hey, Lord, I'm struggling with relationships with my dad, with my mom, with my sister, with so-and-so. I need your help. You getting this? Like, that's how simple it can be. It doesn't have to be an army. Right? Because Gideon had to say yes to being called out of his weakness to get the army. A lot of us, a lot of Gen Z is wanting the army before being called out of our weakness. Okay. There's no shortcuts. Okay. Let me pray for you. Lord, thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just start ministering to people, people right now. That you would call them out. And Lord, you would protect them from shame. You would protect them from guilt. that you would call them out of their weakness so that you can prove yourself strong, not just, in, not just in stories in the scriptures, but in their life specifically, starting today. We love you, Lord. And I pray that you would, that you would set us up so that we can ha hand things off to you more in the co-laboring. We thank you for your, your throne of grace that I can boldly and confidently approach. In Jesus' name, amen.